Welcome to Crazy Simple. I'm your co-host, Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And we're two therapists in Texas. Life is complicated. We're here to try to make it a bit more simple because sometimes the solution to our problems is crazy simple. So relax, have a laugh, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Crazy Simple. I am Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And we're here to talk about some uh, crazy simple stuff. What do we got today, Lori? Well, there was a study that recently was published that said that assessing employees' well-being at more than 200 United Kingdom organizations found that workers who use their company's mental health benefits, like mindfulness apps, time management courses, didn't feel any better than their coworkers who didn't use those resources. Now, as a little caveat, this was a study that was pre-COVID, so I think it would be interesting to discuss the differences of if employees felt that way pre-COVID and now companies are supposedly offering more resources for their employees. What might be some of the differences, good, bad, and different? Yes, that's a great question. So we're talking about mental health in the workplace, right? Which is a yes. a massive issue. I believe the Wall Street Journal uh, published something last year that uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote this for sure, but. Um, something like a trillion dollars on the U.S. economy. It was like a trillion dollar impact on the U.S. economy due to mental health related issues in the workplace. So, I mean, we're talking about like, we're talking about everything. We're talking about depression. We're talking about somebody getting a divorce. You know, uh, the kid is addicted to opioids, whatever it is, right? Like all of that stuff wrapped in together. I mean, people just don't like, they don't show up to work and then just kind of, you know, hang their hat up, right? And be like, okay, I'm at work now and I'm going to do 100% of my work duty and then I'm going to go home and do 100% of my home duty. You know, we, we tend to mesh the two together, right? And then we have the age of technology, which is upon us now, uh, where it's like work kind of continues in a lot of ways when you go home. Uh, and now we even have more with the work from home movement and that stuff. So I think this is a really, uh, really important article to kind of get into. Because the the work from home is so interesting. So there are obviously benefits. There are also consequences. With everything in life, there's pros and cons to it. And the thing I've always cautioned my clients on is when they have have a work from home job, and this is true even pre-COVID, that I said, you you really have to have a dedicated workspace. And at the end of the day, you absolutely have to be able to close that door, lock it away. If you're in an apartment, then you get some kind of folding, you know, screen that you can put around that desk. And then you put your work phone away because that's the only way you can try to keep your sanity and avoid getting burned out is that you really have to have these clear distinctions between work and home life. Yeah. Um, so in the article, he talks about going over a lot of stuff. Um, I mean, they, they implemented, this is any company in the UK, right? That, that implemented a, um, uh, some kind of mental health program. So any mental health wheel being intervention, 
volunteering, volunteering or charity work, mindfulness classes, resiliency, energy, or stress management courses, well-being app uh, for physical and mental or lifestyle issues, massages or relaxation classes, workload or time management training, coaching, including one-on-one mental health sessions with a professional, uh, financial well-being programs, events promoting healthy sleep, apps programs promoting healthy sleep, and online coaching, which I'm assuming is... Uh, what we will refer to as the companies that shall not be named. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. So that's a lot. It It is. And I mean, I think there should be the little asterisk, little caveat that companies can provide all sorts of resources, but in the end, it's up to the employee to decide to use them and not just use them, but to follow through with whatever recommendations are provided. We have the same situation in a regular counseling office that we have individuals that come in for counseling. I mean, majority of time it's voluntary and can have discussions. They can have these like, oh, that sounds good, but it's the implementation that counts. And I think, unfortunately, and don't know what your experience has been, is sometimes that's where things fall apart is the actual implementation of the strategies. Yeah, that that is definitely something that we see happen pretty regularly. You know, we we joke about how, um, you know, in therapy, we get the client one hour a week, but they still have what, like 70 plus hours uh, you know, uh, to themselves where they're responsible for their lives. Uh, so, you know, we can only go so far in that hour. Uh, but I mean, this study kind of says that all of these programs just were pointless except for the charity ones, right? When they volunteered, then it said that they did, Mm -hmm. they did find some positive impact off that from volunteering. Um, so why do you think that is? Why do you think all these programs, that these companies tried. And this is, we're talking about thousands of hundreds of thousands of people, it looks like. Uh, and a, what a multi billion dollar corporate wellness industry, multi billion dollar industry mm-hmm. with apps and programs all to help your people not burn out. It, there's a couple of things that I wonder about. The one, did these companies vet? the providers of these programs. A good example is that there are a lot of trainers out there that are doing training on stress management burnout, but they're not counselors. They don't have a psychology background. They don't have a license. They have no clinical experience. So they're really just reading it out of a book and maybe pulling from their own personal experience. Well, Mm -hmm. that's not the same thing. So Mm -hmm. that's one thing of vetting some of these trainers they had come in. The other part is the apps that they used. And this might be a little bit of a shocker, but not all mental health apps are created, founded, and run by actual licensed counselors. They are run by a lot of corporations that thought that they could make some money quick. And maybe they're even using AI to try to give responses. And there are even, to boot, this one's scary, some of the mental health apps out there have gotten busted for selling private health information 
of the subscribers of that app to other companies. Yeah, no, that's that's right. And we're going to talk a little bit about an app that I developed, Epiphany, um, later on. But um, that's exactly what we found when we were researching the development of this mental health app, Epiphany. We were just shocked to learn how many of these wellness or mental health apps out there have not only are they not founded or developed or run by mental health professionals, many of them don't even have a mental health professional on their board. Many of them don't even have them in key leadership positions. They just sort of uh, might have a consultant that they go and say, hey, are we allowed to say this? You know, uh, and some of them don't even do that. Uh, so it's it's pretty shocking what, what really is out there and what we're consuming through the app store for sure. Because uh, it's if you aren't providing quality resources to your team, then you shouldn't be surprised when the results are lackluster, to say the least. And it, it sort of segues to one, one area to look at is, so it's this multi-billion dollar industry, and it's wondering the other efforts the companies have put in of, are they really advertising these services to their employees? Um, I know I've done a lot of corporate trainings. I've done EAP corporate trainings and other types of, of training events for corporations literally throughout the world. Um, a lot of those throughout the world have been online because uh, it wasn't always convenient to travel to Australia or to other parts or their you know, national corporation that has multiple locations in the world. But mm -hmm. so often the the employees aren't even aware of the resources that maybe it was a side note. Maybe it was like a little in passing memo, but they weren't necessarily yeah. encouraged. And sometimes those employees actually had concerns of, well, if I attend or if I seek help, is my company going to know about it? Is HR going to know? Is this going to be used against me in some way? And that's one of the most common things that I've heard. And that can lead to people not showing up for webinars or show up for in-person training events um, or seeking EAP services that are available through their company and, and maybe even using, if they are legit apps, because they're concerned of, well, if I log into this app, is my company going to know about it? And, and they're all fair questions. I mean, it, it really is because you just don't know nowadays. No, it's all it's all wonderful questions because there is there's a lot of concern about that. And I think that is a real, real concern. Um, you know, one of the big movements, this was also started around pre-COVID, was unlimited paid time off. Uh, some companies started adopting this as a as a perk. Of saying like, hey, you can take as much like there's no cap on paid time off every year, and what what we saw that would happen, and there are a couple studies about this. I don't have it in front of me, but um, that what we saw that happened was that people felt like it was too good to be true, so they wouldn't take advantage of it. And the study, this, the few studies that I saw actually reported that people took fewer paid time off hours or days or vacations with the unlimited policy than they did with the PTO fixed hours. Like you get two weeks a year or four weeks a year, use it or lose it kind of stuff. 
Uh, one, because uh, they felt that they were being judged if they were taking time off, right? So they were they were looked at as not getting their work done or not working hard enough. And then two, they, they felt like they would be passed up for promotion because they weren't a team player or working hard enough. And so I, th- I think... I think you're definitely on to something with this idea that, you know, we're not really communicating um, to the employees very well of like what the policies are and, and uh, you know, what, what we value in you is that we don't want you to burn out. We want you to take this time off. Um, but when we say like unlimited or, or here's all these programs, I think maybe people get confused or they get worried that there is, you know, there's a there's a bit of a distrust um, between uh, employees and employers and large organizations. Um, so I think that's a concern. The other thing that really kind of popped out to me on this study was the one on one counseling sessions. I, I found this to be really interesting uh, because this was like, I think, seven. Uh, looks like they did forty two thousand. Um uh, I think they did 42,000, if I'm reading this right. Uh, there were 42,000 in the total study that did one-on-one counseling sessions. Uh, and what I found interesting about that is I have, I have talked to many companies about this. And we, we even have a private EAP program where we go to the company and we say, hey, um, we're going to do all your insurance benefits for you. We're going to tell all your people what your benefits are. And then we're going to let them know how to get a hold of us if they ever feel like they need it. Um, and then we're going to be this intermediary that answers questions for them. So you don't have to worry about it. Um, so, but what was so fascinating about doing this is that people would still complain about feeling like the insurance wasn't like that they couldn't afford therapy. And then we came in and we told them, well, no, you actually have a $20 copay for outpatient mental health. They would get, they would be blown away. They're like, I had no idea. I had no idea I had that benefit because health insurance is unbelievably complex. Uh, it is, you know, we ha- we we in a Taylor Counseling Group, we work with many clients every week. You know, we service probably about a thousand sessions or so a week, and we we I would say at least ten percent of those, at least a hundred of those, have some question about why a claim was denied or why this wasn't processed properly or. Well, Cigna told me this, and then Cigna told you guys something different, and it's it's really just a complex system, and there's a lot of moving parts to it, and it's just really difficult to understand and navigate those things. It, it absolutely is. I mean, I use a billing company that it's a national billing company, and they have uh, they're able to navigate much better contracted rates than if you go as a solopreneur with it, but it's. I've had some significant issues with them of misquoting benefits and where I've seen a client for three or something months and I'm filing after each visit and three months down the road, they're coming back and go, oopsie, uh, we, we screwed up and actually those visits aren't going to be covered. And now your client has a 700 and something dollar bill to oh, pay gosh. for all of those visits. And it's now happened twice with this particular company that I'm, I'm dealing with. And so it's that frustration of individuals because it's, it is difficult to navigate insurance and it shouldn't be, uh, it it should be so much cleaner 
than that. But then it goes to insurance companies don't want you to really use your benefits anyway. And then you sort of wonder with businesses that um, offer services to employees, do they make it where they they don't necessarily want their employees to use those services because it's going to cost them money? So are there certain things that they're doing to discourage it? And, and you know, we touched mm-hmm. base earlier on the lip service piece of it, that there are a lot of companies that say, we care about our employees. You know, we want them to be healthy and well, which from a financial standpoint is actually smart. Keep them at the office and not on short-term disability. Duh. Uh, but they're giving this lip service, but there's no follow through. There's no consistent follow through with actually truly helping their employees. Right. Yeah. So, uh I imagine if you're a business owner and you're listening to this, you're probably annoyed with us and you probably have clicked off by now. So come back uh, because we want to talk about some crazy, simple solutions for this. So what are some crazy, simple solutions that businesses can start implementing uh, what we believe to be positive well-being strategies in the workplace? Well, first, I think it's just talk with your employees. Actually, listen to them. And there are going to be some that they're not going to put their name to it. So make an anonymous survey, like have boxes throughout the office. If people are nervous about doing a online portal or, or whatnot, I mean, offer a variety of options for them to give feedback, honest, clear feedback with room for them to type in their thoughts because sometimes when it's just a little check mark here and there it's people are like well it's a yes and a no and so then you're not getting a really completely honest answer so i mean i would say that's first and foremost and the second touched on of research the apps that you are going to be recommending make sure they aren't selling your employees information make sure that they are based on clinical experience and they're not just ai based. And so, yeah, I know that you probably have a a couple of thoughts on that too. Yeah. So, um, we, we do. Um, one of the things that I really want to encourage, um, CEOs and leaders of companies, I mean, I have about 70 employees, uh, that we, we manage, um, is really leading by example, I think, um, you know, there is kind of in the business world, I think, sort of a, a you know, a, a toughness kind of persona that we have to take on. Like we can't be vulnerable with employees. And, you know, vulnerability doesn't mean like going into the office and crying and giving a big speech about, you know, something you're struggling with. Like if you're depressed or if you're getting a divorce or something like that's that's not what vulnerability is. I mean, I think vulnerability is just sitting down with your employee and, it, to make yourself approachable to where they feel like they can talk to you. And then, and then just say like, you know, what are you struggling with? Share some of what you're struggling with. And if you're going to use an app, like, uh, say like Epiphany or, you know, one of these other apps, I mean, you should do it too. You know, there's nothing wrong with saying I'm in therapy. I, I tell my employees regularly that I see a therapist, you know, I'm like, I am a therapist and I see a therapist and I would highly encourage you to see one too. It doesn't mean that you're, that there's something wrong with you. You know, it just means that you're trying to be better trying to be the best, the best version of you, you can be. And so if that tool is out there, why wouldn't you do it? Uh, so, you know, I think if we're saying, Hey, employees, 
here's a bunch of, you know, wellness pills for you all to take so you can be better. Like that's not, you know, that's not going to get the job done. But if we come in as people and we say, I have problems too, I struggle too. These are tools that I use that help me. I want to share them with you. I want to do them with you. Now we've allied with people and, you know, we're doing it together. Um, and I think that just has a much stronger impact. Absolutely agree. Okay, great. Uh, well, if you are interested in the mental health app, Epiphany, developed by therapists uh, and run by therapists, uh, please go to Epiphany.com, E-M-P-I-F-A-N-Y, E-M-P-I-F-A-N-Y, Epiphany.com. Uh, you can also find it on the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store as well. It's very affordable, $4.99 a month or 50 bucks a year. With that, I think we have some crazy simple solutions. Okay. So uh, my name is Dr. Christopher Taylor. And I am Lori Van. And this is Crazy Simple.